Gas prices have been going up a lot lately, and they'll probably continue to. KUCI offers a few tips to help curb this burden. First, if you live close to your school or work, consider riding a bike. It's healthier for you and for the environment, and it can actually be a lot of fun. If that won't work for you, we recommend that you make sure your vehicle is as empty as possible. In other words, don't keep junk in your trunk. Any unnecessary weight can have a huge impact on your mileage over the long run. So considering the skyrocketing cost of gas, it's a great time to break the four-wheel habit. You'll get great exercise, increase your energy, and elevate your overall mood. Plus, it's great for the environment. And you'll never have to worry about getting stuck in traffic again and have a great parking spot. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. We're standing by waiting for Alexandra Horowitz to call in. She's written this great book for all you dog lovers. It's called Being a Dog, and it's not her first book And uh, where she's going to talk all about it. I think she's calling in right now. So we'll go back to another song, and then we'll bring her on. Okay, we are back. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Standing by to join us is Alexandra Horowitz. Good morning. Good morning. What a fascinating book. Thank you so much. What inspired you to set out on studying all this? Well, I got interested in dog cognition in graduate school and then became really a, a researcher in, in dog cognition and behavior. And the closer I look at what dog's world is like, the more I realized that it's so much about smell, uh, that I really had to focus exclusively on that to try to understand what it might be like to be a dog. It's really interesting, uh, some of the facts, and what are some uh, revelations people would be really surprised to hear about, about the, the sense of smell of a dog versus a human? Well, We all know that dogs are better smellers than we are, but just how good is a little bit surprising, I think. You know, they have um, better noses for smelling, so Mm -hmm. we have a few million smell receptors. They have hundreds of millions of smell receptors. Um, They have a bigger olfactory lobe in their brain, relatively, than we do for smelling, and they even do things like sniff better than we do, so... We sniff about once every one and a half seconds. Um, most of our inhales are not sniffs that smell the world, and they sniff about five to ten times a second. 
Um, and they even exhale better than we do. So they exhale. <laughs> they have little side slits at the side of their nose that you might have noticed if you spend a lot of time gazing at, at a dog nose. And mm-hmm. that's how they exhale so that they don't rush out the smells that they've just inhaled. Now, this is not your first book on dogs. No, I wrote a book inside of a dog that was published in 2009 and uh, was really about um, all the dog cognition research that had been going on in the previous decade, a really new field, and starting to explore um, this idea of what it might be like to be a dog. Unbelievable. It's so fascinating when they send dogs out to go sniff out, you know, survivors of a catastrophe or something. Now we know why. Mm, Yeah, and they're terrific at doing that. I did follow a bunch of detection dogs in training, and I followed some working dogs. One of the things that struck me most is that the detection dogs are not trained to smell these things. In other words, they already can smell out um, survivors or explosives or drugs or... Mm -hmm a legally imported good, it's, they're only being trained to tell us in a specific way when they've noticed it. I see. Uh, how many dogs do you have? I live with two dogs. Two dogs. Yeah. Were you, were you more, I mean, I would imagine you were more in tune to them as a result of going through all this. Definitely has changed my own experience um, with my own dogs mm-hmm. to be studying them, to be a scientist of their behavior and an observer of their behavior. Yeah, I, I hope it's for the better for their life. Um, but they do get closely, um, you know, observed by me. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, I'm imagining how, how in the world they did this research to figure out that they have, uh, what, 800 receptor genes just for smell? Right, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting um, you can we can code the dog's genome as, as a human genome has been coded. In fact, the dog's genome was coded first. And a lot of the research for medical purposes that has happened with animals um, for for human benefit has been with dogs. So it's oh. you know there has been a lot of exploring of the body of and of dogs before. And I think the nice turn in the last two decades has been looking at their behavior more carefully. Now, I don't know if you know much about cats, but are they vastly different, or you're not sure because that's not your area of expertise? I'm certainly not a cat expert, but I do (laughs) know that cats have pretty good olfaction as well. I mean, there are lots of differences, as any cat or dog um, owner will tell you, between the behavior of the two. Um, The reason we don't see cat detection cats out there is more about the fact that they are less interested in doing you know, the working job for us than a dog is. Um, But they have decent noses, you know, not quite the snout that helps hurry odors into the um, back of the nose with a dog. But, um, yeah, there are lots of other good olfactory creatures. It's just that dogs live in this sensory parallel universe with us, Mm -hmm. visual creatures, I think that makes it so surprising to learn about. Tell me about, uh, I understand you volunteer... Uh, at the Rockefeller University, at the lab? I did as part of trying to understand what it might be like to smell the world. I tried to become a better smeller myself. You know, humans have pretty good noses. They're just a little underused. Mm -hmm. We don't generally go around sniffing the world. You know, in fact, it's kind of frowned upon. So one of the things I did was uh, participated in a scent study 
with about, I think, 50 other people, which was just basic research trying to figure out what different molecules smelled like. If you could identify the smell of a molecule by um, its shape. And so for me, it was about sniffing uh, um, hundreds of different bottles of, of unknown odors and trying to say something about them, you know, qualify what they were like. And that was, it was difficult and challenging, but it really got me much more used to smelling things intentionally and then trying to name them or remember the smell. And I think that is something we could all do. Right. Well, I know for me, um, I do certain things to relax me. You know, smell plays a big role in most people's lives, but I know if I'm stressed, I'll smell something like a lavender lotion or something. So it's, it is interesting how powerful it is. We have a really strong emotional and sometimes memory connection with, with smells, yeah. What I think that we could do more of is realize how much um, things smell in your ordinary world. You know, everything around you has a smell. Mm-hmm. Um, bodies, objects, and it's more information about the world and also um, more information about which to remember a moment. Yeah. Um, and it's surprising how, how little we do smell the things and people we deal with usually. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting you're talking about that because I remember finding my grandmother's old perfume bottle or her lipstick, opening up, smelling it, and all of a sudden memories flooding back. Mm, yeah, isn't that amazing? It's impressive. Yes. And usually these memories are um, things we can't access other ways. You know, they just appear on smelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised we don't have more in times where we try to add a smell to an event in order to remember it better because uh, clearly our brains are set up to be able to do that. Wouldn't that be interesting if you could capture the smell of an event? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, and there are people out there thinking about that or thinking mm-hmm. about how you capture a smell of a person, um, yeah. you know, the way that if, you're, if your partner is gone or your parent or child, you might kind of yearn for their smell almost unconsciously, the, the way, because you have a intimacy with their smell, and some people are trying to capture that smell and bottle it. Um, it's an unusual, but I think pretty fascinating approach it is it reminds me of those like those scratch and sniff books when i was little you know you yes. <laughs> this is the tree and this is the yes. cookie and you know um, i feel like those were or the technology of scratch and sniff is so neat it's these little micro encapsulated scents that that can mm-hmm. be popped these bubbles that can be popped by a fingernail but it never really worked out the way it should. Right. It seems like it should have. Um, it's a challenging medium to work in smell, as anyone in fragrance um, will t- design will tell you. Um, but there certainly is lots of opportunity to capture our imagination. Yeah, it makes me think of like you create a photo album and you have different smells of things, you know. <laughs> right, is, I think that's yeah. the way the dog, you know, views the world. It would mm-hmm. be interesting if we could figure out a way to um, capture that as well. That's so interesting. What do you do at the Dog Cognition Lab? We study the behavior of dogs. We try to make inferences about what they might know or understand or think about the world. So some of my studies are about whether they can distinguish certain smells. Um, Some of them are about just common things that, as owners, we think we know about our dogs, sort of testing that empirically. And some are just natural observations of dogs interacting with each other or 
interacting with their people, just basic research about what does a dog know, um, what kind of experiences that happen of the world. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up. Could you give out a website where people can find out more about you? Sure. Thanks. Uh, AlexandraHorowitz.net has all the information about um, this book and, and all my books. And uh, yes, you're inside of a dog. That book was a number one New York Times bestseller. Congratulations. Thank you. Wonderful. It was great talking to you and very, very fascinating read. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for having me. Sure. Take care. That was Alexandra Horowitz calling in to talk about her fascinating book, Being a Dog. If you missed any part of this segment, it will be up on my blog within an hour after I wrap. The blog is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Let's see. We'll take a quick break, and then we're going to bring on my next guest, Brianna Gallo, talking about The Beekeeper. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. (laughs) 